It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You could follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how you doing today, sir? <laughs> oh, man. I, I, as we've all, I'm assuming, learned in the last week, uh, <laughs> it, it's it's Joe Exotic's world. We're all just living in it. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm, okay. re- I'm ready to talk about something other than coronavirus and uh, misbehaving <laughs> exotic cat owners. Did you did you finish it this weekend? <laughs> no, I, I have not done yet, and we will. have I to feel have like a, you need to tell your story, by the way. Well, we do need to have in... a. Yeah. So okay, I, just to kind of <laughs> okay. First of all, if you haven't seen Tiger King, I, I'm su- I'm sure you're very very confused by what's going on in the early part of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> second of all, we will have a discussion at some point. Uh, but just to confirm, yes, I I had I have previously worked at. A the facility that is owned by Carol that it was it wasn't called Big Cat Rescue when I worked there it was called Wildlife on Easy Street and if you've you've seen I think I'm on episode four and I've already seen them mention Wildlife on Easy Street they'll mm-hmm. talk about it so we'll have a whole conversation someday <laughs> about my experience there but I, I'll just preface it by saying I was completely unaware of any sort of murder plot or uh, you know rival <laughs> tiger owners or uh, you know I, I was not privy to any kind of inside dirt. All, all I could tell you was what it was like to work in that place. But again, awesome. that's that's for another day. <laughs> uh, well, today, Landon, we're going to have a very tigerish feel here on the Lock on Cowboys <laughs> podcast uh, because we're going to talk about the mock draft Monday at the Draft Network. Uh, that features the Cowboys taking two Tigers with their first two picks. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and break this one down. Um, for the most part, it's a pretty typical, uh, you know, top half of the draft. The, the only difference is that you see the Patriots trading up for Jordan Love. That really doesn't affect things too, too much. Uh, but at pick 17, uh, the Cowboys take uh, Clavion Chase on the defensive end from LSU. Uh Couple guys that we like went ahead of them. C.J. Henderson went to the Falcons. Derek Brown went 15 to the Broncos. Um, it, let, let's talk about the chase on pick. We've talked about that multiple times. Um, but as we inch closer to the draft, how would you feel about that selection at pick 17? I, you know, I'm I'm for it. I mean, I think you know you're probably a little bit upset that. Um, you know, you, you probably get to 16 with Henderson and Chasen st- still on the board and feel good, right? Yeah, you probably. Know, you know you're you probably want Henderson to be there over Chasen, but you're, Pro- you're okay probably. with either. Yeah, absolutely, probably, yeah. Uh, I think for me, like, especially when you look at the way the overall uh, overall draft, you know, finished up, 
uh, as far as the mock draft here. I, I really like the way it all added it really added up. I think Chase on works. I like Chase on as a player. The concern I have is more, uh, you know, if you're taking a pass rusher at 17, uh, being able to still kind of hit the the spots you need uh, at at, at the, in the second and third round. And the Cowboys, because they've mm-hmm. done enough kind of due diligence in free agency, uh, I feel like have put themselves in a position to allow them to draft a guy like Jason. But I, I think you know they draft Jason. And you've got Randy Gregory uh, coming back in some capacity. I think between those, yeah. yeah, between those two situations, you should be able to get, you know, hopefully a, a decent pass rush from that side, and, and hopefully a, a great pass rush eventually. Um, and and you know, you, you have suddenly if you get something out of Randy Gregory, now you've got three pass rushers, uh, and I think that that's you know that's kind of where you want to be if if you're a uh, pass rushing team if you're a team trying to get to the quarterback early and and force quick throws uh when you have kind of a more inexperienced back end i think you're looking for more pass rush up front to kind of force the issue uh having three guys who can really go after the 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 quarterback would definitely help with that and and having two guys like Chason and and Gregory uh, again, we don't know what we're getting out of Gregory, but a hypothetical Gregory. I think having those two guys uh, really kind of helps solidify the defensive end position uh, with with the talent that you need to kind of continually get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, I watched Chase on last night just because, you know, I'm, I've been trying to go back and watch a lot of these guys that are associated with the Cowboys. Henderson, Chase on, Derek Brown, Kinlaw. I mean, just, just doing more work. Yeah. I, I kind of think Chason reminds me a little bit of Alden Smith. Is that a bad comp for him? Alden Smith, yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't hate that comparison. I, I, I mean, I, I think, think he, part of it was because he was so good on stunts, like Alden Smith was in the NFL. Chason just has such a good feel for it. Like he knows how to time it. He's really explosive, coming kind of wrapping around the edge. Um, I think he could use some work developing some counters and some other things, but. I just think with a combination of speed and being able to win on stunts, it reminded me a lot of what we saw, um, you know, with Mike Nolan before in, you know, with the 49ers with Alden Smith. Yeah, I mean, I think you talk about, you know, this kind of natural uh, athletes at the position uh, that, that have the kind of requisite bend and uh, athleticism to play that position. And for sure, those two, uh, you know, being Chase on and, and Alden Smith have what you're looking for as a pass rusher. The question with both of those guys coming out was, you know, what are they going to be able to reach those high heights that you kind of see for from that potential? Uh, Alden Smith for a variety of different reasons, but but sure. Chase on yeah. just because you know you saw uh, uh, you saw you see a guy who's putting it all together. I think at the end of his college career. You don't know for sure that that means that he's going to continue it into the NFL, but I think you have that good, uh, a good thought process that that, that could continue. And, and and if it doesn't, I, I think that's where you're like, that's where your concern is as well. Could it be? And we didn't see a ton of this guy performing at a high level, but everything we saw of him performing at that kind of high level happened near the end of his career, as you know, right? In, in the pattern of him being an ascending player. If if that ascension stops. Where does that leave Chase on? Does he get kind of get lost in the uh, in the uh, in the wash there? How does that end up? So I think 
it's it's an apt comparison because you have two players who are very toolsy, uh, but I think potentially you know either going to make it or not make it for very different reasons. Yeah, um, I want to talk about this mock a little bit more, Landon. Um, when a lot of people, when they look at any of these mocks, the first thing they do is they scroll right down to their favorite team and see who they pick. Right. Uh, the way that I like to do it is just kind of play it out like the draft is. So I, I kind of scroll one by one, and I'm thinking in my head the guys that are getting crossed off, who's still available. And in this mock, uh, On was really the last of the guys that uh, we consider maybe good first-round picks. We have some other guys, you know, Grant Delpit, Xavier McKinney, kind of what we consider the floor. Uh, but Chason and Henderson are the guys that maybe are the, the more, I don't know, suitable targets at 17. However... At pick 18, Makai Becton goes off the board to the Dolphins. Uh, I think Becton might be the best offensive lineman in this class. I don't know how much you've studied of these offensive linemen so far, uh, but Becton reminds me so much of Leonard Davis coming out of school, where he's just, you know, he's mm-hmm. a tall, super powerful athlete. Is there any thought here of drafting a Becton and then maybe moving him to guard? I mean, I know six seven is hard for guards in today's NFL, but because of you know maybe the uncertainty at center, maybe you could move a Connor Williams to center. Maybe he's your swing tackle. Is the value at that point so good that the Cowboys have to at least consider that? Uh, I I don't know. I mean. I feel like there's a lot invested there already. That that's 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 I my agree. concern is that they've already kind of heavily heavily invested at the at that position. Um, and really, I'm not taking a guy. I'm not taking a guy there unless he's unless I think he's a top five or six talent in this class. Like I'm, I'm not taking somebody who should be going around in that range. I I just think Becton maybe is one of the top five or six players in this entire class. And I, I think know, I don't know. Take a, 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 I mean, if he's playing tackle, that's one thing. I just don't think I could take a guard there like that. If you like him only as a guard, like if you like him as a tackle, well, I don't think sure. I, I think I like him as a tackle too. But I think it's the, the, I mean, I don't even know. I'm not even sure Becton can play guard. I just I think so much of his game reminds me of Leonard Davis, and I'm just wondering, could you potentially slide him in at guard and then move him out to left tackle as maybe Tyron ages? I, I, it's just something to consider at the very least. Yeah, I, I. Uh... I think you know it's something. It's something. It's worth considering because of the talent for sure. Um, but I, I would say that you know, there's. I have concerns with whether or not uh, you know you're getting value. You're get you're you're going to be able to fully avail yourself of the value of the pick. Uh, I, I understand. I mean, I think they they took a similar kind of pick. I mean, obviously a lesser situation with Connor McGovern where it was the, the sure, bright sure. blinking light. I mean, I think there's a certain point where you're oversaturating a, a, a single position, even while losing Frederick. You know, I just think that they they happen to have some young talent at that position. Uh, if you think that he can come in and play tackle, then you're still just drafting a first round guy who's going to be what your back, your swing tackle, a first round pick. I mean, maybe a <clears> well, I guess I guess it depends on. Like, I think Becton's a better player than Connor Williams or Connor McGovern, right? So I think you could probably find him a, a spot. Yeah, but again, I mean, you're still that's still a huge waste of resources, right? Well, I, okay. I think just, let, let me let me put it like this. If Chason wasn't there, that would be who I picked, right? I, just because I think there's a drop-off between 
like Becton and the next group of guys, like Kristen Fulton, Xavier McKinney. It's like at that point, I'd rather just have Becton. But with Chase on the board, I think it makes it an easy choice. But but again, if you get to where all you're wiped out there and it's Becton versus you know these one twos, I, I think I'd rather just take the chance on Becton, knowing that it's hard to find tackles in the NFL. Yeah, I don't have an issue with it necessarily if you feel like you're you're wiped. Um, but I just think that it's it's a complicated situation to be bringing a guy sure, absolutely. into, for sure. And, I, again, I think it depends on the offensive lineman. Like, again, I, I've said this a couple times. I think Becton might be the best lineman in the class. I'm not having that same conversation for Andrew Thomas from Georgia. I mean, I like him a lot. I'm probably not considering him at 17. The, the guys that I'm considering at 17, if they fall, would be Tristan Wirfs, it'd be the, Judrick Willis, and it would be um, it, it would be Becton for me at that spot. So just something to keep an eye on. Well, I, I imagine all these offensive linemen are going to go high. Just you look at the, what the free agent market was like this year uh, for offensive tackles. You guys like George Fant getting $10 million a year. I expect these guys to go pretty high. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll look at the second round of this mock draft. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon. Uh, this one it turns out really well for the Cowboys in the second round. They got their edge rusher in Clavion uh, Chase on, and then at pick fifty-one, Grant Delpit from LSU. Now, I want to bring this up. Uh, Matt Miller from Bleacher Report the other day uh, was asked about what safety is going to be drafted the highest between Jeremy Chin, Kyle Duggar, and Grant Delpit, and he said the, the order would be Chin, Duggar, Delpit, and there's the expectation around the league that Delpit could fall a little bit. And we see in this mock, uh, Chin goes 41 to the Browns, Duggar goes 50 to the Bears, and then Delpit goes 51 or, to the Cowboys. Um, first of all, let's talk about that. Do you believe that there's a chance that, Del- that Delpit could go after the likes of McKinney, Duggar, and Chin? Well, f- uh, 
first off, I would like to say that it's not just Matt Miller who's saying this. I mean, it, it's uh, I've heard uh, uh, J- Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks mm-hmm. talking about it on their podcast as well. Who, I mean, as far as like having NFL sources, I definitely trust. You know, as far as that goes, sure. who knows if they're being thrown chum in the water? But basically, the the the, the rumor mill su- suggested that Chin is going to go above all these guys. Sure, uh, and and that Duggar is is very well liked as well. So, uh, I you know I think at this point I wouldn't I wouldn't be terribly surprised. I mean, just simply because of the fact that as we've talked about as we've had these conversations about Delpit about McKinney, I mean, it started out being okay. You know, we could take them at seventeen and feel good about it. You know, and that's and 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 again, like I still feel like if they took. Delpit or McKinney at seventeen. I'm not going to be mad, you know. I, I, it's like I, I feel I, more that way about Delpit than McKinney, probably. Well, I think Delpit is a little bit more rarer of a player, but I think I McKinney. Agree, yeah. I, I think McKinney is a very good, you know. Like I know what I'm getting with McKinney, and there's a very high floor with McKinney, and and I, so I'm sure. comfortable with that. Adding known talent to the position. I don't know that he's going to get a ton better. I don't know if he's going to be an elite, you know, topper safety in mm-hmm. the league. But I know that he'll come in. He'll line up where he needs to be. He'll help the other guys line up. He'll make tackles when he's there. He can line up all over the, the field. So I, there's there's usefulness there. Long story short is that I, I think Chin and and Duggar provide a little bit more. Uh, uh, you know salivating upside i guess is the best way to put it you know like this the uh a an opportunity for getting a guy who is way better than you imagined him to be you know because of their athleticism because they both played in kind of smaller school situations there there's more unknown there i think with well, can Xavier, I ask you a quick question yeah please about those two guys yeah I, I view both of those as strong safeties in the nfl yeah. now they're not your traditional strong safeties especially Chin because he's a little bit more athletic, but am he's I not wrong as physical? Think- he's not as physical yeah. as a strong safety is as you know, like he's not as physical as his body implies that he is. Sure, am I wrong in thinking that the NFL is starting to value those in the box, rangy sideline to sideline safeties more now than the traditional free safeties? The you know the the you know the deep center fielders because it used to be. Those center fielders were so rare. They would get drafted so high. They'd get pushed up the board. That almost feels like the opposite. If you're one of these guys that can play almost like a pseudo linebacker position, you know, down in the box, that that's, has more value because well, of teams throwing the ball quicker and that kind of stuff. It's 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 the same old story. It's it's the you know things trickling up from college. In college, how many of these teams do you see uh, great college defenses that have elite? free safety topper types, right? They don't have those guys. The guys well, partly they, because of the offenses that they're going against, right? Yeah. Well that's exactly it, right? They're facing they're facing these spread offenses, they're facing these RPO offenses, and uh and, and those those you know those defenses don't really kind of work as well. There's a lot more cover four, uh cover six, mixed coverages in, in college. Uh I, I think, you know, not not you know maybe not as much mixed coverage but a lot more cover four that sort of thing so I I, sure, I think yeah. I think what you're what you're going to end up seeing is that for years college defenses have had this and you can call it whatever you want the spur the star 
uh, a, you know, some strong safety. Some teams, some people yeah. call it a yep. different life. It's it's this, uh, the yep. overhang overhang defender, right? And and I I I just wonder now if all these guys are coming into the league and they're great football players, but because teams have been so stubborn in in the way that they play, they're missing out on all these all this defensive talent that that have come in well seasoned. And if you could find a way to use that player in a situation similar to what he's played in college, I think you'll find success. And I think that's what they're seeing with these guys, right? There's more of an emphasis on these, uh, you know, they want to call them nickel or dime linebackers. You want to call them an overhang defender. You want to call them, you know, strong safety in some packages. Right. It's just this closer to the line of scrimmage cover guy, you know, that can, you know, play the run as well as they can kind of cover in short, shallow zones and, you know, it maybe even in a deep zone in a in a cover four situation. I just think that you're seeing these guys who are coming in with skill sets that are usable, but because we are stuck trying to play a a, a, a type of scheme that requires a different type of safety, a type of safety that's even more rare than the kind of that you're getting from college football. I think some teams are just you know now naturally taking advantage of that market inefficiency and trying to find a way to scheme those players into their defense and 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 there's more yeah. availability to, to get those guys and when you look at that if if you look at it through those eyes you know McKinney and and Delpit are the guys who who could come in and play kind of more traditional roles in a cover one cover three scheme a, a middle of the field close scheme right where you know Delpit's clearly that center fielder type McKinney is that down safety guy who can also be the back end guy if you need him to be on occasion I think now what you're going to see and 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 you know John Owning and I were talking about this on the Best Coast Boys podcast is that even with the Cowboys signing a guy like Haha Clinton Dix that to me doesn't indicate a, a continuation of this kind of cover one and cover three principle that to me I mean again it's a, the third safety so we don't know for sure that to me indicates yeah, yeah. more of a switch to split safeties and to cover four, cover six, maybe more mixed coverages where the middle, middle of the field is open. Uh, mofo coverages, as they're called, by in coaching you know, schemes. Um, yep. So I, I think you know I think that if that is the case, those are different kind of skill set guys. Those are I think a little bit easier to find coming out of college because. It's closer to what's being done in college, so those positions are more of a like for like comparison, and I think it makes drafting those players uh, a little bit more palatable than they have been in the past because now you're not having to project them from college to football, college to NFL, and also project them from this version of safety to that version. It's more of a like to like comparison. It's more yep. of a situation that they're comfortable with and they have experience, you know, seeing this. You know, these are my keys. These are my cues. This is what I do in this coverage, and it's very similar when I get into the NFL. Um, just a, a little draft nugget here. I think if you're a Cowboys fan and you obviously are listening to this podcast, although we have some other Cowboy non-Cowboy fans that listen, um, I think you want to root for guys like Jeremy Chin and Kyle Duggar to go off the board before pick fifty-one. I. Don't ha- I mean just if you look at the history of the Cowboys drafting, especially under Will McClay, they just don't take small school guys very often, right? So I I have a hard time believing as much as I like Kyle Duggar and Jeremy Chin that they would take one of those guys at fifty one. Now, 
Landon, this is an interesting discussion here because at pick 51, both Grant Delpit and Antoine Winfield Jr. are available to the Cowboys. And after you draft Chase on at pick 17 in this mock, who would you be more comfortable drafting at 51? Would you take the upside of Grant Delpit uh, despite some of, his, some of his tackling issues? Or would you take Antoine Winfield, the smaller safety with a ton of production? I think it's this was really close for yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it really is. I really, am, I mean, to me, I'm probably taking Delpit. I think because I like, uh, I definitely I mean because because the argument was framed before as who do you prefer, Delpit at 17 or yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or uh, Winfield at 51. But if it's I, a difference. It's it a matters. completely different thing if you're comparing both of them apples apples to apples at 51. I, you know, I think Delpit. Despite some tackling issues, in a split safety look, he's a guy who's going to put get production on the football. He's going to fly around the field. I I even think that in a split safety look, he, he might have even more success. You know, I, I because mm-hmm. he's not having to cover as much ground. He certainly isn't just the only person back there in case there's a tackling, uh, you know, <laughs> situation that happens. Uh, I you know I think Delpit at fifty one is a I mean, I think that's a home run hit, really. I mean, you're, I yeah, just think I, you're, you're not normally going to get a, a safety with that level of ball skills and, and back-end movement uh, at 51 very often. It's tough for me. I've got Winfield one spot higher on my big board than Delpit. But at that spot, I probably take Delpit in the upside. Probably you just hope that you know the ankle injury is what affected some of his tackling. Uh, but again... It's a home run pick, either one of them for me. Uh, I also should mention Ashton Davis goes at pick 56 to the Dolphins. So that's a run on safeties, you know, between picks 40 and 55. Um, you know, I, I don't even mind Ashton Davis at that point if you already grab somebody else because I do think you put him with HaHa Clinton Dix and Xavier Woods and you have Donovan Wilson and Darian Thompson on the roster. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, let's go to the third round really quickly, Landon. Um, and I got to be honest, when you go through this mock, like the way I did before, where you kind of start scrolling from the top, looking at some of the names coming off the board, I think the third round is where I might be considering making a move up in this draft. Uh, the Cowboys have uh, you know, a full allotment of picks this year. Uh, they're probably going to get four comp picks next year. I wouldn't mind dipping into some of your next year's draft picks to move up. And this is the reason why. I'm going to read you some of the interesting names at the top of the third round. Okay. Jalen Johnson, the cornerback from Utah. I think that's a guy that could potentially be a day one starter. Uh, Damon Arnett from Ohio State. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I know a lot of other people like him quite a bit. Julian Okora from Notre Dame. We already got an edge rusher, so it's probably not very likely that the Cowboys would go after him. In this scenario. Uh, Brandon yeah. I- yeah, in this scenario, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, the receiver from Arizona State, who I like quite a bit at that spot. I think he could play in the slot or on the outside. Curtis Weaver goes at pick 72. Cole Komet at pick 73. And I think uh, we've had discussions about Komet before, but I think any time in the third round is probably when you start considering him, right? I mean, we, we, we sure. worry about him as a blocker, but if you're getting him you know, in the 70s, I think that's pretty good value considering his age. Uh, moving down a little bit further, Bryson Hopkins from uh, Purdue goes to the Colts. Uh, Terrell Burgess from Utah, a safety that I like quite a bit. Uh, goes pick 80, Chase Claypool, 81, 
Cowboys that picked 82 take Darnay Holmes, the cornerback from UCLA. Watching this weekend, I have no idea whether he's good or not. It depends on the game whether you watch, uh, you know how he looks. Uh, but kind of looking at this mock draft, do you get the feeling that maybe the top of the third round is where you're going to want to move up to potentially get you know somebody who's in the top 30 or 40 on your draft board? Yeah, I mean, I think. Top of the third is probably the end of that kind of plateau of, of talent, right? Um, so yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah, if they if they you know took a draft pick from next year, or like you said, or maybe a lower draft pick, just to get, get up a little bit to kind of get somebody that may be, you know, a second rounder on their board, or maybe even a first rounder on their board, or yeah, sure. Uh, you know, uh, so I I think that's that makes sense. The value is probably pretty cheap to get up if you want, and 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 I think that the, the 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 value certainly makes sense because you're not what you give up to get higher and get a higher quality player is at the the value is probably the best there you know it's like you're gonna get spend the uh, very little and get uh, uh, a lot more bang for your buck in the quality of the player that you're selecting at the top of the third round so um, yeah I, I I'm all all aboard uh, and a lot of those guys you named uh, you know are interesting guys I mean. Uh, the the kid from uh, from Ohio State's probably a second rounder player, but because Arnett, he's had yep. Arnett, he's had issues with with you know uh, some of his interviews and some of uh, kind of whispers of uh, attitude problems. If he fell this this late, then uh, that that you know you're getting a second round talent maybe with some some issues they got to work through, but you're getting a, a talented kid who's fallen quite a bit. Um, and well, I, you know, I was gonna say, let me just get, let me just throw that the scenario real, really quickly. If you use your third, a fourth, and then your last fifth round pick, you can get all the way to the top of the third round at pick 65. I'm guessing the names when we get to pick 65 they are going to be there are going to be some pretty intriguing ones. Yeah. Like there might be – maybe there's a starting caliber interior offensive lineman that's there. Maybe there's a corner. Maybe there's a receiver that you really like. Maybe Michael Pittman falls to that spot. Um, maybe if you don't go safety at pick 51, maybe Ashton Davis falls to that spot and you, you get a starting free safety there. So with the number of picks, again, the Cowboys have next year, that top of the third round is where I'm really interested in moving up. Yeah, it's that's kind of like the, the end of the sweet spot for sure. And if the Cowboys can get another bite of the apple at that at that rate at that spot that definitely would be a, a huge win for them and definitely worth more than whatever you're going to get for those picks a little bit later on in the day we'll have to do a a mock draft simulator here over the next couple of weeks and just try to see what we could get at the top of that third round because it just yep. feels like that's where you can with the cowboys you know case okay, so they don't have a ton of early round picks but if they want to make a move that's probably the best spot to do so uh, we'll have to we'll we'll do one of those. Over and the even weeks. even if they don't in this mock draft, you know, uh, at eighty two, they ended up picking Darnay Holmes. Uh, you know, at mm-hmm. at eighty two, who's, who's a, I I like him a lot, especially as a nickel back, uh, as an interior guy. But I, I, you know, there's still going to be talent that falls to them at eighty two. But I definitely agree that getting one more bite, uh, one more shot at that kind of plateau of talent that exists between let's say the end of the first round all the way to the beginning mm-hmm. of the third round uh is, is something that definitely intrigues me uh last thing before we go uh behind the cowboys in the third round leaky Fotu went picked 106 to the ravens uh jordan elliott 102 to the steelers how much better do you like this mock if the cowboys are able to get one of those defensive tackles at that point in the draft 
it's pretty amazing. I mean, it would be pretty, pretty, you know, uh, uh, all encompassing at that point. You get everything, you, a little bit of everything you need, and, and some good value at the, at, at all across the board. I think it's a yeah. That would really, that would really be a hell of a draft that came out with all that. Yeah, you could still in the fourth round. I'm still you. You could find a slot receiver. Uh, cornerback depth may need to be improved in free agency or later on, but getting uh, Chase on Delpit, Fotu, those are three guys that probably are day one starters in 2021, if not sooner. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your mock drafts. Make sure wherever you get your podcast, not your mock drafts. Not your mock drafts, podcast. Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> mock drafts are good too. Uh, make sure you follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.